edition of the Just So You Know Podcast. I am your host, Maximilian Kiesler, and it is the weekend of July 29. We have a lot to talk about, so let's get into our show. Alright, so let's talk about the shooting that happened in Colorado. You know, it's older news now, but let's talk about what we know, okay? We know that James Holmes, age 24, purchased a ticket to a film the Batman film, snuck out while the credits were rolling, propped the exit door open, came back armed to the gills, threw a, threw a canister of tear gas into the theater. Now we're hearing it was smoke bombs and not tear gas because where would a college kid get tear gas? Um, started shooting, killed 12, including a six-year-old child, injured over 50, gave himself up to authorities claiming to be the Joker, and told them that his house was booby-trapped to the nines. Authorities went to his apartment, which they said was unlike anything they had ever seen, and it took them a couple days to completely clear it out of improvised exploding devices. What do we know about James Holmes? 24 years old, quiet, smart, neuroscience PhD student who dropped out of the program, uh, was being funded, his education was being funded by the government. He had a grant, was struggling to find work, was shy, uh, had a profile on adultfinder.com. Um, now, when something like this happens, I like to look at it from three different viewpoints. That's my MO. First viewpoint I like to look at it from is the left. You know, what is Bill Maher, CNN, Huffington Post, Obama crowd? What do they say? Then I like to look at it from the right. What is Mark Levin, the Drudge Report? Fox News and Romney's camp, what are they saying about it? And then I like to look at it, what are the conspiracy theorists saying about it? What is Alex Jones and InfoWars and those on the fringe and those way out there? What are they saying about it? I like to look at those three slants and I like to look at those three slants and sort of draw my own unique perspective, which is a little bit of a mix of all, all three. Now, before we talk about what they all think, let's talk about this. Immediately when this happened, when the details of the shooter were emerging, Brian Ross and George Stephanopoulos were on ABC News. And within five minutes of announcing the shooter's name, Brian Ross announced that they had found out that James Holmes was registered on the Tea Party's Colorado side as a member. First of all, why does his political affiliation matter at all? If he were a Tea Party member, what does that mean? That we can expect this from all Tea Party members? If he were an Occupy Wall Street uh, member or Occupy San Diego, what would that mean? If he were a Democrat or a Republican, what would that mean? This is not normal behavior. This is what an insane person does. There is no cause to tie it to politics. And of course, the James Holmes on the Tea Party website turned out to be a 50-year-old Latino man. Now, Brian Ross apologized, but to me, this is inexcusable. It's inexcusable and it's callous. They were speaking about it like they were speculating the price of corn, as Mark Levin said. 
I wrote a letter to ABC, and you should too. I'm not a Tea Party member at all. But I could not believe how early into the news they were trying to link him to the far right. I mean, that's what journalism is today? Really? It's disgusting. And then apparently ABC News called James Holmes' mother and reported that she said, yes, you have the right person, inferring that, yes, she could picture her son doing something like this. You know, even the kid's mother knew he was a nut. And now the mother's coming out and disputing ABC's claims that she said, yes, you've got the right person, but that was when they asked her if she was Arlene Holmes, the mother of James Holmes. And for me, why why would anyone at this point believe anything that ABC News says? They have no credibility left with me. But I have to believe that any parent will be shocked that their child did something like this, regardless of how bizarre they acted. So, with that said, let's go to what the left, uh, what they think. Obviously, what they think is a call, this is a call... Uh, for tighter restrictions on gun control. That's what they're bringing out of this. On the right, this is about too much gun control. If people in the theater have been armed, we would have never been able to cause... Holmes would have never been able to have done what he did. Someone would have stopped him. On the conspiracy front, you remember the arms vote that I talked about going down at the UN this month. Uh, well, they think the shooting was staged to get the required votes necessary in Congress to get the bill passed. They think that Holmes could have never got the funds to pull this off or gotten the equipment, the tear gas canisters to pull this off or all the SWAT team equipment. They think that he was a neuroscience student who was given scopamine by the CIA to pull this off. And, uh, you know, this is a common theme. This is a common theme among the conspiracy theory crowd. Mark David Chapman was drugged. Saran Saran was drugged. The Unabomber was drugged, etc. What do I think? Well, from the left... You know, I don't know any more about this gun rights stuff. I'm all for gun rights. Should someone be able to order 6,000 rounds of ammunition online or just get four guns with no problem? But then there's 250 million guns in this country, and how do we even begin to tackle the problem? Holmes bought these guns legally. How do we read someone's thoughts, someone's intentions? The cities that have the tightest gun controls, namely D.C. and New York, have the highest instances of gun violence. Prohibition does not seem to work. What does? I don't buy the argument from the right either. Oh, well, if someone had a gun, they would have stopped them. Really? With all that SWAT shit on and tear gas everywhere in a dark theater, that's when we need someone else shooting a gun? Come on. But then again, no one ever does try these mass shootings in Texas where everyone and their mother seems to be packing. Guns make a culture violent. Well, you know, I don't know about that. There's more gun murders in Brazil, Mexico, and Russia than in the U.S., and uh, those three countries have much tighter gun laws. Uh, you know, Israel and Switzerland have much higher rates of gun ownership than the U.S., and both countries have far less gun murders. So what does it all mean? I don't really know. I don't know. Poverty? Maybe. It's not as black and white, though, as it seems, and that's for sure. Uh, from the conspiracy theory side, you know, it's interesting. I did my show last week on on this UN gun treaty and conspiracy theories and on the threat of the UN seizing weapons of US citizens and then we have these shootings which you would think would lubricate public perception to make the seizure easier um, then you hear this was a struggling college kid <clears throat> excuse me yet somehow he had 10 to 20 thousand dollars for weapons and ammo but but I can't buy that he was a government agent come on um, but again in the heels of my conspiracy theory show, you know, fuck, it does get interesting when you look at all the facts. This kid 
looked like he didn't know what the fuck was going on in court. He looked so out of it. And then the victims. I mean, Christ, a six-year-old. A sports reporter who had narrowly escaped a shooting in Canada. was. I mean, this person was tweeting the movie was starting in 20 minutes. Someone else who was seeing the movie for their birthday. A 26-year-old whose father went out frantically looking for them. It's awful. But then you look at what happens every day in New York and Chicago, and it sort of desensitizes you. What happens every day here? I talk about it every week. Stray shots are everywhere and hit everyone. In Chicago this week, three teams were playing a game called um, Pick Em Out, Knock Em Out. You know, they go around with the camera, find a victim, videotape each other, going up to the victim when they're not looking, knock them out with a brutal punch, and then rob them when they're unconscious. Yeah, well, these three teens killed a 62-year-old grandfather when they hit him. He smashed his head into the concrete and died. You know how these Einsteins got caught? They uploaded their video onto Facebook. Didn't hear that in the news, did you? Nope, you didn't. And that's tragic, isn't it? And trust me, plenty of people think that I'm callous, and I don't care. And I have a very cold way of looking at things. Bullshit. I care more about this than anyone else. I want everyone to live in a happy, prosperous society where every human is free to pursue their happiness and their wealth without interruption. That's how much I care. This was an awful, awful incident. But what's to come of it? Probably nothing. Another nonsensical Michael Moore movie? What happened because of Virginia Tech? That was way worse than this. Way worse. I mean, we forget that almost 36 people died that day. We're going to be following this case very closely on the show because there's a lot that confuses me and should confuse you as well. What was this kid's motive? How will what happened affect the UN vote? Why did he tell the police that his apartment was booby-trapped? Will ABC News retract the claim they made about Holmes's mother? Will this lead to tougher or more lenient gun laws? We will follow it all very closely. There's a lot more to talk about with this case, and I imagine we'll be talking about it for some time to come. And now for a little bit of more lighthearted news. I actually don't know if I call it lighthearted, but in comparison to some of the other stuff we've been discussing, it's pretty fucking lighthearted. Basically, some kid was on a roller coaster at Six Flags, New Jersey, called King the Ka. Now, I've been on King the Ka, so let me tell you a bit about it. It's 456 feet in the sky. It's apex. That's taller than 45 stories, for the record. Additionally, it goes 128 miles an hour at its fastest. There are lights on top of this thing, so when it's dark out, airplanes going to Teterboro don't ac- accidentally fly into it. Again, that's how high it is. Also, if the wind isn't blowing right, I guess if the gusts are too strong, they won't run the ride until the speeds uh, get to where they need. Because basically, this thing shoots out of the dock, climbs up to 456 feet, and then flies right back down. The whole thing literally takes about 20 seconds. It is a completely terrifying and frightening 20 seconds, but 20 seconds nonetheless. So anyway, this week a kid was on the ride, and a bird, I guess I think it was a goose, flew into this kid's face, and he actually had to be taken to the emergency room and treated for minor injuries. That's why I giggled. But I was just thinking, imagine how scary that is. You're on this roller coaster that you're already probably scared shitless to be on. You're holding on for dear life hoping your seat restraint doesn't accidentally unlock, and then a goose flies into your fucking face. Holy shit. Can you imagine? Um, that would do it for roller coasters for me. That would be the universe's sign that I shouldn't ride them, and I'm actually slightly surprised that this hasn't happened to me, to tell you the truth. So I thought that was interesting, you know, and a good way to break up all the solemn 
shit going on. So what else has been going on in the world since we last talked news? Obviously, we had the Conspiracy Theory show last week. It was a very popular show. And if you've been tuning in, you know we've been very carefully following what's been going on in both our economy and abroad, uh, specifically in Greece. This week, the Secretary of the Treasury gave testimony to Congress about the state of the economy in the U.S., I'll tell you my general uh, view on this, Secretary of Treasury Tim Geithner said about the economy in his testimony. The economy is not growing fast enough. Unemployment is very high. There's a huge amount of damage left in the housing market. Americans are living with scars of the crisis. The institutions with authority should be doing everything they can to try to make economic growth stronger. That is an obligation we all share. Congress under the Constitution has the authority for the most powerful tools we have available to help economic growth. We'd like Congress to use those tools now in this context. And again, we will keep supporting anything practical, practical, sensible, that will make growth stronger, help get more people back to work, help make credit more available to more people, not just to buy a house or to refinance a mortgage, but to make sure businesses can expand to meet growing demand for their products. So what does this mean? Does this mean that the government is going to ask us, going to ask the taxpayer for another bailout? For another stimulus package? And how can Obama and the Secretary of the Treasury be so far apart? Obama's on the campaign trail, you know? Things are getting better. They're leveling off. The private sector's fine. He went out a week ago and spread the message that those who worked hard and beat the odds, they didn't do it by themselves. Nonsense to that. The famous quote, you didn't build that. He said there are lots of hard workers out there, lots of smart people out there, and if you made it, the government helped you. Someone else helped you. Forget the power and the will of the individual. No, it's the state. The state is what defines who you are. But I'm confused. Because doesn't the government keep taking from people? Isn't that what taxes are? Is it that we can't survive without the government? Or the government can't survive without taxpayers and businesses? What does the government give you? Two wars? One of which you probably wanted nothing to do with? A military-industrial complex that dwarfs anything this nation has ever seen? Bailout packages that are supposed to go to rebuilding the economy that have these hidden provisions for millions of dollars to study the mating habits of seahorses? Bridges to nowhere? $24,000 a year to James Holmes? Missiles and CIA training to the Muad'Din? What else? What are you going to say? Roads, firemen, police officers? Okay, fair enough. This is a mind control game. It is the same thing abusive spouses do to battered women. You're nothing without me. No other man is going to want you. This is your government. And yes, you built this multi-million dollar business. You're a hard-working immigrant. You came here with 15 cents in your pocket and holes in your shoes. And you made it. You gave your kids a better life than when you had. But not on your own. What kind of message does that send to people? Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, Bill Gates, LeBron James, my father, your father, your grandparents for that matter. These are people that started with zilch and worked their fucking asses off to get where they are in life. And you want the government to get the credit? They don't get enough in the trillions of dollars we're all forced to pay to be reminded that they're not going anywhere and that we need them? It's very simple, folks. It's very fucking simple. If you believe that the government makes you and you need them, because as an individual you do not have enough capability to be a full person, then by all means embrace this doctrine. But if you believe in yourself, if you believe in the spirit of the human mind and the wonders that it can achieve when pushed, 
The ingenuity of the American worker, if you believe in that might and that potential of the individual, then run as far away from this government and this president as you can. I cannot think of something that a president has ever said that reminds me this much of something a South American dictator would say. This is statism, folks. And remember that when these motherfuckers come to you with the next bailout package, raise hell. Remind them. But I thought we needed you. Now you're coming to me for more money. Break off that relationship and see who really suffers. Will it be you or will it be the state? If the economy were robust and banks were lending out money like Johnny Pumps, the president wouldn't feel the need to spout these Stalin-like talking points. But because so many people can start their own businesses and so many people have lost their own jobs and lost their homes, Obama has to make it seem like those who have been successful have done nothing differently to get there and it is pure Horseshit, folks. Unadulterated horseshit. And I want you to remember it every week that you look at your paycheck and you see what they're taking out to pay themselves. And I want you to ask yourself, who needs who more? Finally, for my recommendation of the week, this week, uh, I thought a little while before I picked this one because it's not something everyone can necessarily get or have access to. But if you own a Mac computer, uh, either a desktop or a laptop, or a laptop, I really recommend spending the extra $20 to download the new operating system, Mountain Lion. And if you're about to pick up a new computer and are on the fence, this should put you over the top. If you really like the iPad or the iPhone operating system, this basically brings a lot of those features over to your personal computer. There is now a notification center on your Mac. Dictation. You could press a button and start speaking in any application, uh, and it'll get it. So you can press a button and, you know update your Facebook status, uh, anything just by talking. There's a notes application, a reminders application, and Safari got an amazing update. If I'm browsing a new site online and I've got Facebook open um, and a blog that I like, let's say Complex, which I read, and ESPN maybe, and I leave my house, uh, those sites and those pages will be open on Safari on my iPhone and iPad. And I'm reversed. If um, I'm looking at something on my iPad in a different room, I go to use my Mac, those sites are open. If I take a photo on my iPhone without me doing squat, it's on my Mac and my iPad. Everything just works, as Steve Jobs famously liked to say about Apple. I can now get iMessages on my Mac. Um, so if someone sends me a text and I'm don't have my phone near, it'll pop up as an alert on my on my uh, on my Mac. If you have an Apple TV, which is ninety nine dollars, I highly recommend picking one of those up. Those are awesome. You can mirror your screen to your Apple TV wirelessly. So if you're sitting, you know, I have my my TV, you know, in the same room. I have my Mac. So you know, if I just want to look at something bigger or watch a video on full screen, I just literally hit a button and when I'm looking at it on my Mac, whether it's a game or a video or just a, a picture or something I just want to see better, you know, you pr- press a button and that goes right to uh, right to your television. It's it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. Everything syncs across all of your iDevices in this new iteration of the of Mac's operating system. Mountain Lion really brings the iOS experience to, to your desktop or laptop. It's twenty dollars and well worth the investment. I wholeheartedly recommend it, as I do recommend living in Apple's ecosystem of iPhone, iPad, you know, or you know, iPod Touch. I don't have an iPod Touch because I think the iPhone is the same thing as an iPod Touch, except basically, you know, with the phone. But living in that ecosystem of iPhones, iPods, iPads, Mac, PCs, 
and Apple TV. It's a really great, great computing experience. I The only PC I use is at work. I have a really souped-up Dell there uh, that everyone in my company has. You know, they generously gave everyone really nice computers last year. And it's a really nice Dell. It has Windows 7. Uh, and I like it. I, I really like Windows 7. I like the Dell a lot. Um, but it doesn't have that same sort of, I feel, slick slickness that Macs have. And, um, you know, I don't have any other Windows 7 devices, so I don't know. But I know that, you know, I have an iPhone, I have an iPad, I have an iMac, and I have an Apple TV. And all four of those things just work so wonderfully well together. It's so seamless. I love the fact that, you know, if I download an app, or a song on my iPad or my iPhone. It automatically is on my Mac or my iPad as soon as I pick it up. It's just amazing. And I'm not getting paid a fucking dime for any of these recommendations. If I am, I'll tell you. I'll say I'm advertising and that'll be the happiest day of my life. Because right now my job is giving me agita. But um, I'm not now. I'm recommending things that I really, really love. And I really love Mountain Lion. And for $20 for an operating system, think about that 10 years ago. Think about paying $20 for an operating system that you just download your computer. No disk involved, nothing. You know, it took me an hour to download and install it right from the Mac App Store. 20 bucks, Mountain Lion, pick it up. Max's recommendation of the week. Um, that is our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. We will be back next week. Um, I'm going to have some guests soon. A couple of my friends I'd like to talk to about some different things in the coming weeks or months. But uh, I hope you're enjoying the show. And again, all I ask, and I, I would really ask you to do this, is just, um, you know, if you, you're you on my Facebook or whatever, Twitter, just tweet or Facebook link the show to your friends so they can listen to it. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more news, maybe some more updates uh, about what happened in Colorado because I think that's going to flesh out either really crazily and we're going to learn a lot more shit or we're not going to hear anything from this guy and uh, that speaks volumes too if this whole thing sort of disappears and this guy uh, you know shuts his mouth and we never hear anything really from him and he just gets the death penalty so we'll see what happens with that but we will definitely have a lot of news coming up and I thank you so much for listening and this is the Just So You Know Podcast and my name is Max Usler don't molest children that's my advice